Hello, and thank you for listening to this special Easter podcast, April 21st, 2019, at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbonnais, Illinois. The sermon is entitled, I Know That My Redeemer Lives, and is based on Job, chapter 19, verses 23 through 27. of our hearts and the actions of our lives be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. You may be seated. I want someone to be with me. Those are words that are not uncommon at the Hanel household. I'll let you guess who's the one that would say them. It's one of our daughters, though. (laughs) Whenever the children might be in one part of their house and mom and dad are someplace else working on something, there might be that moment when one of our daughters comes in and says those words, I want someone to be with me. Now, there could be a lot of reasons that she says this. Maybe she's an extrovert, a people person who just needs people to be with her. Maybe she's a little bit scared about something and wants that comforting presence of mom and dad. Maybe she just wants to make sure that we don't get anything productive done on our own without her. Or maybe it's just that we're awesome. Don't laugh. (laughs) She loves us, and she wants to be with us. Well, I don't know whether you consider yourself a people person or not, but the truth is that God has made us all people persons. He's made us for relationships, relationships with other people, but most especially to have that relationship with him. But sin is a part of our lives and a part of our world, and sin has corrupted and destroyed those relationships so that they don't quite work the way that they are supposed to. But God has done everything in his power to make sure that those relationships are reconciled, that they are fixed. See, God has heard the cries of our hearts. I want someone to be with me. And he sent Jesus, his son, into this world of loneliness and brokenness. And Jesus went to the cross where he paid that ultimate price, dying for our sins. And on this day, we have that wonderful good news that Jesus rose from the dead, that we are assured that everything that Jesus accomplished was accepted. It is finished. It is over. We are reconciled. And what is more, on this day that we celebrate that Jesus rose from the dead, we have that great promise that we know that we will be with Jesus today, but also forevermore. We need to hold on to that word. 
We need to hold on to that good news that God gives us because this world is constantly bombarding us. This world is constantly obscuring and darkening that good news so that we don't hear it, so that we forget about it, so that we don't remember it. The world can very quickly make you feel like you are all alone. That there is nobody here that is on your side. That not even God is with you. There are times in this world when you can start to feel a lot like Job. If you've been with us throughout our Lenten season, you've heard a lot about Job. But this Old Testament figure, Job, who has come, uh, that paragon of suffering, of, of that righteous sufferer. See, Job had a lot, but then Job lost a lot. Job had ten children, but then they all died. Job had fantastic wealth. He had sheep and camels and donkeys, but they were taken away and killed as well. Job had his health. But then his body started to break out in these uncomfortable sores. Job had a wife, has a wife, but if you know the story, his wife's not a treat. Her advice to Job upon all of this happening was simply, curse God and die, Job. Job had friends, but his friends weren't a lot of help either. His friends spent all of their time trying to convince Job that all of the suffering that he was experiencing was his own dumb fault. And perhaps what is worse, for most of the book of Job, as we hear about Job experiencing all of this suffering and feeling all alone, he felt abandoned by God. He felt like God was not listening, that God wasn't hearing him. He, he was crying out in his heart, I want someone to be with me. But no one seemed to be there. Except in the midst of Job's cries of anguish, there was also a great cry of faith. See, Job did not understand what was going on. He did not have all of the answers. But he did know that ultimately, ultimately the answers had to come from God. And so he maintained that faith despite his struggles. And one of the words that got him through this crisis was that beautiful word that you heard in the Old Testament reading just a little bit ago. Job proclaimed, I know that my Redeemer lives. What is it about that word? What is it there that gave Job hope and confidence when it didn't seem like his life offered him any of those things? The answer comes from that word, Redeemer. As it turns out, it's not just some throwaway word. It's actually a word that is loaded with all sorts of meaning. In the Old Testament, that word, Redeemer, 
it was specifically a close relative who would come to the help of a family member in need. That redeemer would redeem or rescue or ransom that person, that family member who has got themselves in a bit of trouble, who finds that, that they are falling out of the family, either because of poverty, war, death, or maybe just a poor economy. You see, if you were a person who got in a bad way and you had to sell yourself into slavery to pay off a debt that you yourself couldn't pay, your Redeemer could step in, pay the price of your debt, and buy you back from slavery. That Redeemer could free you once more. Or if you were a person who had lost a part of your family's property there in the promised land that God had given to his people, your Redeemer could step in and make sure that the title remained in the family so that it wouldn't go to somebody else, but that livelihood that came from the land could still be maintained. And if there was ever any, anyone who was hurt or killed, that Redeemer would be the one who could step in to make sure that restitution would be made, that made sure that there would be legal justice for whatever wrong happened. So in other words, whatever bad thing happens, the Redeemer would step in to make things right. Do you get that? Whatever bad thing would happen, the Redeemer would step in to make sure things were right. So if there was a debt, it would get paid. If there was sickness, there would be health again. If there was death, there would be life again. Wait, is that how that works? Is that really possible that, that where there is death, a Redeemer can bring life? That doesn't sound like something any ordinary person could do. But that's what Job says. That Redeemer that he is waiting for, he says that even after my flesh is gone, after my skin is destroyed, nevertheless, in my flesh, I shall See God. I know that my Redeemer lives. I don't know if Job knew the name of his Redeemer. But the Redeemer that he professes that faith in is our Redeemer. And we know his name. His name is Jesus. Jesus is not just a mythical figure. He's not just a figment of our imagination. He's not just this hypothetical idea. Jesus is our very real Redeemer. And Jesus came for a very real mission. But what's so great is that Jesus didn't just come to see that justice would be done. Jesus came to see that mercy would be given. See, Jesus chased after us. Jesus 
chased after our sins. He chased after our sins till it brought him to the cross. And there Jesus paid that ultimate price, giving up his own life for us, paying a debt for us, a debt that none of us could pay so that we could be free, so that we could have those relationships that we couldn't have without Him. In other words, Jesus is the answer to that cry of our hearts. I want someone to be with me. And Jesus came. Jesus came. He came to the loneliest place of all, forsaken by His own Heavenly Father. Jesus came to death. And Jesus was laid in that stone tomb. There's no place more lonely than death. There's no place more lonely than the grave. But Jesus, our Redeemer, comes even to that place because He knows that's what He needs to do to be with us, so that we know we will never be alone. There is no place we can go out of His presence. And three days later, three days after Jesus was laid into that tomb, the women who came, the disciples who heard the women's news, they all joined in that song that Job proclaimed long ago. They cried out, I know that my Redeemer lives. He is alive. The angels proclaimed the message, He's not here. Jesus was gone. He was alive. Death could hold Him no longer. Mary and the women, they didn't see him there because he was no longer dead. He had risen from the dead. Peter and John, they ran to the tomb. Jesus wasn't there. He had risen from the dead. His disciples who were walking along the road to Emmaus, they didn't recognize him at first, but they saw him. They knew him in the breaking of the bread. And even Thomas, who couldn't believe this wonderful news, even he, when he saw the scars in his Savior's body, climactically said, My Lord and my God. Death has been defeated. The grave is no longer the final answer, and God gives to all of us that most wonderful gift, that absolute assurance of life everlasting, that we will be with Him today, tomorrow, and forevermore. There's a word for this. The word is grace. God gives His grace to us. God's grace is given to us, and His grace is that most wonderful gift that God gives to us so that we know that even though the world around us might be topsy-turvy, we might feel a little bit lost, 
even in our heart of hearts, inside of us, even in that place where things might be wrong the most, it is made right. It is made right because God has forgiven your sins. Jesus died for you and it is now made right and God's grace continues to come into your life. God's grace is that power, that power of God that enables you to be the people that He created you to be. God's grace pours into your life and God's grace is that promise that even though this world seems messed up and even though you don't understand the circumstances in your life, nevertheless, you can carry within you the faith to know there is a tomorrow for you. There is a tomorrow for you and God will be with you in that. God pours His grace into your hearts and His grace is that love, that love that frees you, that frees you from the bondages of sin, that love that mends all of the brokenness in your hearts and in your lives. God's grace pours into you and God's grace is the presence of Jesus. The presence of Jesus in your life in those places where you need Him the most. See, the most important thing to Jesus, the most important thing to Jesus is that you would be with Him. And there was nothing, there was nothing that could stand in the way from making that possible. Not the cross, not that stone-sealed tomb, not even your sins. Nothing. Jesus, your crucified Savior, is risen from the dead. As we celebrate on this day, Jesus is the answer to the cries of your heart. I want someone to be with me. Jesus has answered that cry so that today, tomorrow, and forevermore, the cry of your heart can instead be, I know that my Redeemer lives. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in that Jesus, your risen Savior. Amen. Hello. And thank you for listening to this special Easter podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbonnais, Illinois. You can find this and other special podcasts by going to stpaulslutheran.net and clicking the sermons button at the top of the page. Thank you for listening and happy Easter.